0: The FM Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to The Evolution. Here's Sean Black.
1: What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution, and welcome back to the show. It's Leadership Fridays here on the show. That means we are with Jim Robinson. Welcome back to the show, buddy.
2: Hey, in the house right here. Let's go, man. It's rock and roll. We are, I love it. We are with our fancy
1: headphones today. So we look yeah. like we're part of Tom Cruise's uh,
2: show there, the Top Gun. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. I, I don't know what that show is, but that's outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Maverick. It was good. I, it, was good
1: go. it was a good movie, man. It was a good movie. Uh, all right. So, as usual, for those who don't know who Jim is, Jim uh, is, of course, an author, uh, certified coach, speaker, CEO uh, for CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. And uh, a leader of a, a nonprofit organization, ECTLC. So, busy, busy day. Gives me something to do. Always something to do for a chair, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but with that comes a ton of, of knowledge and information. And, uh, you know, for leadership, we're going to be hopping into a, a great subject today, which is really, really talking about uh, results and getting results for your team. And, you know, many, many leaders seem to get good results and then, you know, and some don't. Uh, and, and it's really kind of understanding is, even though they're doing the same job uh, and leading the same team, that the leaders get different um, results out of it and, and why. So that's kind of, you know, what the conversation is going to be centered around today. Um, Jim, to kind of jump into things, what do you think makes the difference between leaders that get results and others who struggle with
2: a team to, to get them to perform? Uh, getting results is about inspiring, you know, the individuals and, and getting them to respond into and, and something that needs to be delivered to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's when you get stuck in that self-serving need area is when the delivery doesn't match up to what is actually expected by the customer or the client. So yeah. it, it's a, it's about delivery and it's uh, being able to inspire them to deliver without self-serving needs. It's meeting the needs of somebody else. That makes sense. I wonder do you do you feel like, and I
1: guess I would suppose that leaders who have been in the position long enough they've figured that out already. You know what I mean? They they know it's it's about serving others and 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 helping those people and inspiring them. And I guess other new, new leaders that may be struggling with results uh, is really
2: they're just really thinking uh, maybe more about themselves than they are their other team. You know, I'd suggest I'd suggest in conversation that. Leaders that are becoming leaders have already figured out. they've got to inspire the change in the delivery, and that's why they're becoming leaders, because the people around them start following them. They show up in a yeah. room, somebody's going to gravitate to them, and that, that's the leadership skill. They've already figured out they have to meet somebody else's needs and not so much their own. And I always say it's health and education for the leader, health and education, we have to continually grow every day. We have to keep our health good so we can be there every day. And if we do that will inspire others to raise and rise to be their best. So I think if you're already uh, starting to come into a leadership role, people are starting to gravitate to you. You've already figured out you have to deliver. And it's not about you. It's about delivering to somebody else. What do they need? Figure that out. Yeah.
1: When you're looking at new leaders and they come into a new role um, and they have a lot of people on that team that may have worked with them as a manager or, or uh, even as a peer, and they're now managing those people, I, I, think, it's, I think it's safe to say that some people can connect, connect better with others than uh, with some than they do others. And then that new leader really has to focus on, I, I think, fairness or trying to treat the team equally. Um, and what, what advice would you give to leaders that are, you know, when it comes to really kind of treating everyone fairly or what is perceived as fair?
2: Yeah. Well, equality, I mean, equality is based on whatever the need of that individual is. And if you're meeting needs in an equal way across, because what Johnny needs and Mary needs, it's it's a need. It isn't a, the identical need. So you're meeting needs. That's, that's really how I see equality. It's meeting the needs of the individuals on the team as well as the client. And that is an equality. When you're there truly to serve, meet needs, you, you're going to win in that yeah specifically
1: when it comes to results, and you have some uh, members on your team that are getting great results and then others that aren't, and I think there's a perception that maybe that person who's getting great results is treated differently than than someone else is out there, but that that's not exactly true, is it because like they're getting results and you got to go through that with them.
2: Yeah, the results get a different uh, need met. As opposed to the ones not getting results, they get a different need met. In some cases, that some of the employees or staff members may uh, create a specific result because it's truly meeting a specific need they have. And so again, kind I of got to sort through that. And if you could dig deeper on that, some of them are for for creating their own levels of frustration. That height that gives a heightened awareness or a heightened sense of urgency, and then they'll deliver. Others simply don't deliver because they need a different level of, they have a different need, a different level of attention. So sometimes the people that are not high achievers may see the achievers as getting uh, different attention or a priority uh, address, and that's really not what's happening. The one that's not meeting goals or needs is getting a very different need met, and they're getting inspired, they're getting trying to find another way to get to their level of results, so they're getting same amounts of attention time-wise. They're just getting a very different attention because it's a different need to actually make the change. So the, the high achiever has one need being met. The underachiever has a different need being met, and there's usually more focus on the underachiever because one is it, you got to be your best, and if you're not, it's going to have a lot of attention. You know, raising my daughter, I have one daughter, raising her over the years. I never put a price tag, as some families have done, a dollar value on an A. The one thing we always told our daughter from kindergarten right on up is I never expect an A, but I always expect you to be your best. And if you get an A while you're being your best, then I'm going to be a proud dad. But I'll always be a proud dad if I always see you being your best. And so that's really a kind of a impact I have even on staff. It's, uh, I don't need the A and we fluctuate numbers. We do all kinds of things to help people win, but it's, it's about being your absolute best at all time. And that best is the delivery to whoever the recipient of your efforts will be. So you have to be your best. I I never ask for A's, but oddly enough, (laughs) when you work your tail off and you actually be your best, the A's show up. And Dave Ramsey calls them thoroughbreds. I call them the A's. It's uh, you know, it's call them what you will. But delivery of service at your very best level is the only thing that matters. It's not A, B, C or D. Be your absolute best because in that you get to grow, you get to experience different things. There's all kinds of things coming your way. Only when you're authentic and being your best. Yeah, I love that story because I,
1: you know, we do the same thing with our kids, and and it's actually very surprising how that translates to business, but. I've also heard her, uh, our kids, my, specifically my oldest, come back and, and say, man, all my friends get so much pressure for A's for their parents. And I'm like, okay, well, and how are they doing? Well, they're not doing good, <laughs> you yeah. know, or they're not getting their A's. And she has an A, but, and we never, ever said, you have to get an A. Yeah. I love that. It's, that, that. It's so funny how that aligns uh, to business. It's is very uh, relevant to to how you lead and and manage your team. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think we talk a lot about, you know, kind of asking the right questions of your, of your team to try to inspire them and get them to, you know, answer their own questions. But I think also really listening to your team is, is super impactful. Right. And so what would be your advice for leaders and how, uh how we teach our our managers and the people that are
2: um, part of our team how to develop really good listening skills well it's one is you just ask better questions and if you're not nah. getting if you're not getting content you have to ask better questions and then if you're not getting good content i'll leave that up to you but you have to ask better questions <laughs> and then if you're not getting good answers you have to ask better questions, better and, I'll, questions. And, <laughs> and i'll go on for another hour with this until you figure this out <laughs> You really do have to figure out how to ask very good questions. And there are very good questions and they're very specific to the individual that you're engaging. Um, You need to know enough about them. You need to listen to them. You need to hear them. And then the questions are around what they've just told you. Today, yesterday, last week, those questions are all predicated on what knowledge you have from listening to them. So I was reading something the other day, and it says, you know, our creator gave us two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. That means we need to see more. We need to listen more and talk a lot less. And we've always heard the two ears, one mouth thing, you know, hear twice as much as you talk. But the eye thing was really important because we do have to really watch. We have to see. We have to pay attention, and we have to listen better and talk a little less. But when we do talk, we have to be asking those very specific questions related to the individual, make sure it's a great question.
1: Yeah. I think um in my own experience and in, and, and, you know, working with you as a leader, one thing I I've I realized that it's important is really is active listening and being really present in what they're saying now and worrying a lot less about what you're gonna say. Yeah. You know, it's just really being an active listener.
2: And I've seen that with us and in teams. It's, it makes a huge difference. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a memory of what is discussed. Yeah, and because you have to, you you have to ask the smart questions. You have to ask the big questions related to the content you heard. If they tell you about Susie, their daughter, and then they say, "Oh, my kid's sick," you have to ask, "How is Susie?" Not, "How's your kid?" So that's how you become, you know, one, you develop loyalty in this process. You make it feel like it's a family because now you really know about Susie or Mary or Johnny. You ask, you put the names, you put the titles with things. It changes things. I love that. One of the things I see in successful leaders
1: often, uh, and I see it with you a lot, is a ton of follow-up with their team, like really following up. And uh, (laughs) you do this all the time. Like email and I know how you do it. You have the system for doing this, but it's so intent. And to me that's that's super essential for leaders to follow up quickly on any you know, of the promises they make and, and really dig into that process. What what do you think is the best way for new leaders to continue to grow the skill and help them uh build
2: trust with their teams with this follow up process? Uh well you want to follow up that may create a little bit of a pain point. That's how I do it. <laughs> and it's um it, it goes back to what I've taught, I, t- I teach, we pretty much all know this. When you're delegating, there's a couple of things. One, do it with clarity. Two, have a check-in point. So is that Wednesday? Is it in two weeks? But have a check-in point and then a close-out date. But make all that clear. Here's what I'm going to check with you and here's when we're closing this out. It has to be done by Friday at 5 o'clock. Boom, everybody knows. So you have to follow through on that. And you have to follow through with that check-in point based on one, change. So mm-hmm. if, if you continually email this week, you may need a text, you may need a phone call because what's coming next, that level of uncertainty keeps them at a peak and they'll perform very differently. And then the closeout's the same. Whatever you said, how we're going to close this out, we're going to send the letter, we're going to do the email, we're going to close that job, whatever it is. Get clear. Get very clear in what the closeout process is, but I always use a different means or a different way of communicating the check-in point. And a lot of times I'll walk into the office, I'll go put a hand on the shoulder, I'll meet at the coffee, I'll meet at the water fountain, you know, metaphorically and real. But you, I do it in a very diverse way. And so walking into the office, opportunity to connect, have a very different discussion and then say, oh, by the way, how's it going with X? It's a very casual conversation. It had to be done. There's a check-in. They didn't know it was coming in some cases, other than the meeting we had on Monday, saying, I'm going to check with you Wednesday. I get the content I need without being uh, put under the gun and under the pressure. So I just do that in a very different way. And it's uh, there's sometimes no two ways the same. I usually do it in a casual way. Love that. I think, um, gosh, it
1: is so important for leaders to check in with people and and really Take a temperature on the team and know what's going on with them, and and how important for you is the follow up in in driving results? Is it where would you rank that at? Like, I assume it's got to be critical,
2: yeah. Uh, like Maxwell says, you know, John Maxwell says, you know, it's intentionality, and you have to be very intentional what you're doing, and so be clear in what it, what that looks like. Be clear in what the check in is going to be. Be clear in what the expectations of the closeouts are going to be. Uh, and you'll drive a different result yeah i when you're evaluating teams and you're seeing
1: them that one team's getting results versus another is that one of the things you look at and you go okay well how's their follow up in comparison
2: yeah you know we're in the, we're in the repair business and so there's any business by the way all service work there's always a great startup and the finishes are the are the biggest challenge and it's because we don't set the closeout date. We don't set the time frame in which to close things. We always say, "Geez, we're starting that new project on Monday. This is going to be a party, and everybody's <laughs> everybody's on a high because it's something new. It's a brand new marriage, yeah. and it you know you gotta be clear in what the closeout is. Like our project folders have a closeout. There, there's a PowerPoint. There's a pictorial. There's a documentation for this, and being able to close that out on the, you know, specified timeline is critical and people start to win by that. And instead of it being burdensome, it becomes their support system for them to win. And so you got to keep the process. You have to follow the process and you got to hold them accountable to the process. And then it becomes their brand new behavior. It's not at first. It's very complex, very complicated. It's hard to get them to follow through. There's some pain involved sometimes, frustration. Uh, even sometimes micromanaging or retraining and retraining and retraining, and eventually they're like, "Whoa, that's easy!" And it, it just it just shifts radically. This this morning I wrote a food for thought thing. I was just thinking a lot this morning. I was just going through things. I was going crazy, and uh, you know the battle is in your mind. And mm-hmm. that's really what I came up with this morning was, you know, we fight this thing in our head all the time. It's not because I'm in front of a computer. It's not because of a job folder. It's not because of the projects, not because of employees. The battle is all in here. All you do is change this thing and the battle gets greatly diminished that quick. So it's, it's really, it's that piece I wrote this morning. I sent it to everybody in the company, but it's, uh, stop fighting that battle, start to diminish it, follow the process, follow the program, close things out. Whether it's a goal, it's an intentionality of what you know for the week. But close that thing out, check it, mark it, draw a line through it, and yeah. you're going to win. And so is your team. Yeah, man. Change your change your brain, change your life, change your mind, change, how change your think. life. Yeah. So awesome. In well,
1: we're gonna we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're gonna thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jim Robinson. Well, awesome. Thanks.
0: Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready, and because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858 454 7326, or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. We are here with Jim Robinson author, speaker, and certified coach, uh, and we're talking all about the great getting results with your team.
2: Yeah, let's uh, and, do this. You know,
1: essentially, how do you, you know, figure out effective strategies and, and help your organization and leaders and managers develop a winning team? And that's what we're all trying to do. And we're all trying to win. You
2: can what think of that a little bit. bit differently. They're all winners, and we mess them up and make them losers. That's, well, that's on true. us as leaders, so <laughs> there's that for you. Hey, everyone starts with an A. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. We gotta keep awesome. them up. So, so far, we've covered. We talked about you know fairness and 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 working with your team, listening skills, follow up has been a huge part of getting results from your team. um You know, and Jim, I you know can I want to talk about making mistakes? I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, good. It's a good segue. uh I don't think that no leader gets it right all the time, right? We're human. We make mistakes. It just says what it is, but you learn from those past mistakes and and, you know, it helps us improve. So I wondered if you could share a few, um, opportunities you've had when you've seen other leaders, uh, learn from their mistakes or if you made a mistake and you've learned from it, if there's anything you, you could think of that would be inspiring.
2: You know, I'm, I'm coaching a, coaching a guy that owns a TV station and, um, it's a, it was an interesting conversation with him when I first engaged uh, about 60 days ago now. And he's frustrated that all of his people don't perform like he does. Mm. And mm. years ago, you know, I've been, I've, I've had the opportunity to employ thousands of people and a lot, create a lot of leaders over the years and 38 years in business is I started that way. And this guy is pretty young. But I started that way too. I mean, it's we all kind of go through that. I think that we just say, "Geez, if I can do it, everybody can do it." And I want to do it. Why don't they want to do it? (laughs) And so that history that I've gone through myself was really eye-opening, and I was able to share. And uh, and I can't say his name, but it it's gave me an opportunity to, to explain to him that you know they won't perform like you do. Nobody will. In fact, you won't. And you yourself won't perform and meet your own standards on a regular basis. And this is where frustration comes from for the leader sometimes is we don't live up to even our own expectations because we have very mm-hmm. high expectations. And then our irritation sets in and we're like, why doesn't everybody just do it as good as I do it? Well, the reality is, is that everyone on the team, they got that spot because they're actually doing things better than you. In a lot of cases, the team is doing better than you, and that's why you hire them, that's why you put them in those roles. So we have to figure out how to embrace that and then continually inspire their growth path to not meet our expectations, but the needs of the customer, the end user, the recipient of our services. Those individuals got to be mentored and grown to meet the expectations of the buyer, the person writing the check, not the CEO. We have some processes in place, systems they have to follow, That's a manager's job to do that. Leader's job is to inspire these people to be their best, not to match our best. That's a a disservice, and we'd be holding them back if we only did that. As I have told many people on my team, once you learn what I know, you will outpace me two to three to one. You would just take what I gave you, so I give you 38 years of content in a year, but you've already surpassed that. You're already way beyond that. Our kids of today... Kids of yesterday, when I outpace my parents, our kids today are outpacing us. Our employees outpace us. That's, that's the drive we want. We got to work our butts off to stay ahead and stay current. But I can tell you the employees, good employees will pass you. It's what you want. You need to embrace that. So to my point, the, the owner of the uh, little TV station there, is, uh, he's had some hard lessons. And I speak very candidly when I engage in coaching. I, I don't sugar things up. And I just called it what it was. It's You want them to be better than you, not equal you. And by not equaling you, they're already better. And just grow them. Inspire them to be their best, not to mimic you. They'll mimic you if they see you as good. Otherwise, let them grow. That's great, man. That reminds me so much of uh, my
1: daughter, Michaela. We were having this conversation some time ago, and, and she's picked up all the stuff that I've learned here, you know, over the last eight years and I've been teaching it to my kids, which is like crazy to see them take what I've learned and now take it to to new levels and be interested in those things. And I remember sitting down and just watching, like, man, I'm so freaking proud. You know, she's she's better than I am on this. And I, And she looked at me, she's like, what? I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for you. And I think you're doing such a great job. And She's like, well, Dad, I'm just like you, but better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I'm like, easy. Okay, again. <laughs> Next lesson, we're going to be talking about humility. <laughs> <It's so hard. laughs> but that's awesome. I mean, I think you're right. You re- it's so hard. And that's a great, uh, a super great example. I and mean, I think a lot of leaders make that mistake. Gary V talks about this all the time. He's like, how the hell are you going to expect people to work as hard as you do? Yeah. But, but they're not the owner. They're not the owner. No. Great, great example. I mean, that's. I think that is something that a lot of uh, leaders really have to
2: grow out of and learn. Yeah. The the opposite holds true. Quite frankly, is because yeah. it, employees they take for granted that they have a career and yep. they they don't put the effort in. And the all of your learning comes from the career, not from sitting at home watching a movie with the, with the family, eating a bowl of popcorn, having having a soda or a pop on a Saturday. Isn't growing anything. It may be growing the connection, but it's not growing. Uh, it's not growing in knowledge, education, experience to be able to share and, and impact other lives. So taking for granted a career, we also have to in, in, you know, look at that because it provides the roof over your head, food on the table, the, the set of wheels you drive to the movies, to the mm-hmm. office. Yeah, We've got to make sure we're impacting that career in a most profound way during that eight or nine hour work shift. And some on the team will start to take that for granted so I just have a job. Who cares? It's just giving me a paycheck on Friday. And those are the folks that are always miserable and always fighting to figure out how to get their paycheck on Friday. So yeah. it's opposites hold true. We've got to make sure that we don't lose sight of that because we have to look at those people on the team as well. Yeah, man, there's so many great facets here. Like we're talking about this puzzle.
1: It's all these puzzle pieces of leadership, you know, and and recognizing Those behaviors and people and, and figuring out why and asking the right questions and listening to them. It's, it's just, uh, it's, it's a cool thing to jump into. That's why I love doing these shows with you so much. You know, I think they're super valuable for people who are in leadership, but you know, even people who are, are aspiring leaders and, 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 and listening to this, it's, there's a lot of great things to realize that I think a lot of people don't even like you just example you gave. They don't realize they're like, Oh, wow. Shit. You know, yeah. like, I, I've, uh, I'm i in a situation where oh, I'm, I,
2: I'm viewing my job as just that. It's just time. Yeah. Spending time. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. You know, you can add passion and love anything that you do. And the more you run from it or resistant, the more evil and mean and nasty that career can become. And oh, yeah. it, it isn't that way. I mean, we all have things we got to do. But if you add positivity, you think differently about what you're going to do. I'm telling you the outcomes very differently. The outcome is very different, but you think differently of yourself, and that's a big shift for an individual. That's you know doing the complaining or the negative attitude. Mm-hmm. When they shift that, they're like, "Whoa, that was a that was a major event," and it changes them. Changes them. Yeah, we talk a lot about finding the right people,
1: and, and you know, they have uh, you know unique skills and traits and talents, and then putting them on the team um, so that you know they can make the very best decision to work together. Uh, and I kind of want to hear from you, like how our circle influences us, us as leaders, that circle, like how it, has how's
2: it changed you? How do you think it changes people? What do you look for? Uh, well, you know, the all the studies about the circle, you know, how your income levels impacted, your your dynamo, your the, the way you extend or speak or, or talk with others is really important impacted by those circles and if you're always the strong one in your circle then you're really the weakest outside of the circle and so that means you've got to find a circle that you may be the middle of the road but that means you're impacting the bottom of the road and you're impacting the top of the road because we have to keep guy at the top humble he has to come in with humility he has to learn from the entry Much like the entry has to have some kind of respect or admiration for the guy that's been through it or the gal that's been through it, and grow towards that. So those circles are really, really, really critical. And when I do, I do a coaching session on circles. But yeah, it's you have your inner circle, your innermost close circle, maybe three or four, three four people. Beyond that circle, you have your secondary and your third, and those start to get bigger and bigger. Your secondary circle has uh, colleagues, you know, career people that, you know, and then your third have their connections and maybe clients. And being able to figure out which circle is supposed to serve what level for you, that's, that's an interesting thing. I love teaching on that um, because the first circle, you have to have those tight, very tight knit, and they tend to be like-minded. So you have to have row number two, circle number two, that are not like-minded. It has to be diverse because that's where you grow. That inner circle is that very close, two to three. That's your confidants. That's your people you can fight in. The pain, the frustration, the elation, the excitement. That's where that gets discussed. The second ring is where we learn because it's more diverse. And that third ring is who are we serving? How do we serve them best? And how are we learning from the people we are serving? We learn most when we teach. That third ring is where we're teaching and where we're learning. Yeah, man, you got to change your circle. And that's interesting that
1: to think of it in that way of like all these different circles around you and how they affect you and influence you. And and, and I think there's going to be some serious intent on making those shifts with your circle. Because uh, if, you if you don't really focus on it, you're not going to change them. Yeah. You get stuck. I was having a having a, an event. My daughter was graduating and my brother-in-law was over and we were talking about he, ju- he just started his own new business, man. He's just going. And I was channeling some Jim Robinson. Man, I was talking to <laughs> him. And, and we started talking about this circle of influence and who the new circle has to be. You know, all these people that he's going to have to gather around him to make it successful. And uh, it, was, it was just a, like a light turned on. He's like, oh, whoa. I had no idea. Yeah, Yeah. So people really do need to watch who they have around them. You know, it's that old, what's the old saying is like, you are who your friends are. Or what, how's it go? Uh, I don't know that catchphrase. Yeah, you, you know, well, <laughs> my parents, told, my mom used to say, you know, uh, if you if you look at the friends around you, that, you know, those are who you are. So the people around you. Yeah. So surround yourself with good people.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you stay with that same circle, like your high school friends and whatever, I still got friends from high school. I keep up with them. We don't yeah. have the exact same walk in life at all. But we yeah. certainly stay in contact with each other, and there's good cause for that. But if you're still hanging out with those exact same people driving the 1971 Volkswagen, wearing whatever shoe that was from high school, <laughs> today, you're not growing. There's yeah. a problem. So some of that, you have to be willing to say, you know, you got to give up to go up. And what's what are you giving up? You have to get rid of the things that hold you back. And sometimes that's those inner circle friends. You have to shift those out and shift mm-hmm. in the new ones. Because if you are no longer inspirational, you got to find somebody that you can inspire because that that's where we're growing. We have to inspire. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've witnessed
1: in in working with different leaders and, and in, in different organizations and, and here is I, is I think good leadership really is showing people how important they are, right. Or and giving them some dignity in their job and, and if you, like, if you want great results, you have to make sure employees feel that they're being heard and they're being seen, right? So they feel like they're a part of it. Um, what do you think is the best way for us to show people how important they are in your organization? Like how, what's, your,
2: what's your methodology? What do you recommend for people? Um, well, kind of go back just a little bit here, but hmm? we don't have the ability to give feelings, and yeah. so, we want to make sure we are inspiring the team to figure out how to drive their own different result, how to impact their own emotions about how great they really are. Significance is really important, and they gotta and we use ego for that by the way the mm-hmm. yeah. ego is a growth tool we have to use that ego to grow. we just have to have a discipline around the ego so it doesn't trample people, so that ego can be capitalized on and you can say, dude, that was a great job. Hey, Martha, that was a great job. Mary, outstanding. That empowers them to think differently and look in the mirror differently. And as we as a people, we look at ourselves like, you got this. And as we say that to ourselves, we start to get empowered by that, and then we really do have it. We can go out and deliver very differently. And we've all seen the people that are highly confident and they may not have a clue what they're doing. But that's perspective. So empower them by one, give them the add-a-girl. let them grow, man. But empower them to figure out how to change their own emotion about what they're doing. Once they get on fire, they become unstoppable. I say they write their own job descriptions and they end up writing their own paychecks because mm-hmm. they become so powerful that other people in the group will start to follow them. You've seen it. You've seen it on our teams. People start to gravitate to an individual because they are so empowering of self and when we always say those darker pasts has the potential to create a brighter future. I can tell you those people that have those darker pasts, the ones I've had the opportunity to spend time with, those folks really find a way to escalate. And when they escalate, it's it's amazing to watch the delivery.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's key to in, in getting that kind of growth and that in that confidence level is really you gotta never really stop improving you are, right? And and our our core beliefs here uh, around education is huge. Like we we're always talking about, you know, like leadership is is a is a never ending challenge. You know, it, it is a, no matter how much knowledge you you've gained, you know, there are there are new skills to learn and strategies to test. But you know, so but how do leaders um, know when it's time for us to get some new skills? Like where do we? I know you never really stop, but how do we know when we should update our leadership skills?
2: Um, just by your circle of influence, you know, you pursue education and, uh, growth is going to chase you. <laughs> mm, yeah. you. You, as you pursue the higher education, staying current, you know, Dan Kathy I had the pleasure of meeting Dan Cathy one time and, you know, from Chick-fil-A and he says, I learn a new phone app every single day, one new app every single day. It's not the app that mattered. It's the opportunity to to check out a new app, but the content that he learns he doesn't know from that app gives you an education opportunity. So it it teaches us what we don't know. As soon as we learn something, we learn what we don't know, and then that's really the education process. So as leaders, we have to continually chase an education. In doing so, it puts us in contact with vastly different people. It tells us what we don't know, gives us an opportunity to pursue to gain more knowledge, mine, you know, I'm in, I'm in classes, courses, I'm teaching all the time. I read, I read probably four to six hours a day, give or take. Some days maybe three, some maybe eight, but I read all the time, and I'm learning something all the time that I don't know, and then I go and research it. I was telling my wife the other day I had to read about straws. This is very odd.
0: I wait, find, wait, I find <laughs> wait,
2: wait, 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 I find straws? it odd. Straws, yeah. one, I I. Why I don't know, but I stumbled across something. And if you if you've seen a straw with the rib on it, not the rib on it, and I'm like, well, I got to learn why they created that little rib. And so I read for 45 minutes about straws. So you just don't know what you're going to learn. And I think being diverse and open to learning a, a variety of things makes us better leaders. If Joe Blow comes in, he's brand new and he's got some issue. You may have already studied, learned about it, and you can engage that individual. So be vast, be open, be diverse in what you're willing to learn. And as I, even as I would say it to my wife today, I said, "You're not going to believe what I read today. I read about straws," and she's like, "What?" Right. And I'm like, <laughs> "Let me know if you need to know anything, because I can tell you a whole bunch of content about you know what they're made of: the silicones, the plastics, the." blah, 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 but it opened me. And in my research, I learned about cups. I learned about production. I learned about how they're doing recyclable. I learned about a lot of things in my study of a straw. So that's really the critical component as I see it for leaders. Go learn whatever it is. If it's about a straw, go learn because I now know about, I know about adhesives. I know about productivity. I know about recyclables. I learned a vast array of things all in 45 minutes. Yeah. So never stop learning, and it yeah. te- it teaches you what you don't know. The more you pursue it, and it's easy. It's because it's a habitual thing. It just it's a habit for me.
1: I love that man. It it is true. Uh, it is it is definitely one of those things that I've experienced, and I've not learned about straws, but now I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so there's that. Okay? In, <laughs> inspire change, man. Inspire change. That's it. <laughs> that's why. That's why we refer to you as gym.com. That's it. <laughs> that is that is why. Well, awesome, man. I, I think we're going to wrap up here. I got one last thing. You know, we, we're talking about how to get results, and ultimately, you know, it's about our team and, and and growing them and seeing them succeed. And you know, we've been talking about creating a winning team that gets results. And you know, you flip that on its head, and so I, I, and I love that. You know, but how important do you think results are, even small accomplishments, uh, to the team? You know, uh, when it comes to driving wins and driving the team forward, because I know we talk about like, if you can just break things down and
2: and make it really small, then you can start kind of creating some momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, breaking things down, of course, in a granular way, sometimes uh, there's a bigger win for, you know, a specific individual. They may need to see that really small win. And that's important that you acknowledge that small win. Others have experienced big wins. And so they really, their perspective of, of winning is really those monumental things. So you have to inspire and support those monumental changes, those monumental growth opportunities, because they will be uninspired by learning how to tie their shoe. Others yeah. will, others are. And as we, you know, acknowledge the shoe tie, that's outstanding. You know, internally, we always say we're not giving trophies because they started their company vehicle in the morning. That's yes, right. <laughs> but if we want them to keep starting their company vehicle at 8 a.m., we need to award that. We need to recognize that at a small level. It doesn't need to be the big, we don't need a parade for that, but we need to acknowledge those small wins with consistency. And those small wins lead to big wins.
1: Yeah. And I think a great example of that is I know we, you know, we started really recognizing safe drivers in our company. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we've had a lot more of them. Yeah. You know? And so that, I think that's a great example of like, okay, you know, small things, really small, but man, there's a lot more of that going on and people like are really conscious about it. And I think, you know, we're talking about like how that result changes the way we feel. I think it makes morale go up. Yeah. Everyone feels like they're
2: winning. It's awareness. Yeah. Awareness creates change. And so being able to be aware of safe driving, insurance challenges, et cetera, and showing the infraction, showing what's being tracked in a vehicle is awareness. People want to inherently do better. They don't want to lose. We don't just show up and say, geez, I sure hope I come in last place today. (laughs) Nobody does that. Everybody says, I'm number one, man. I'm going to win today. They don't know how yet, but they always say, I want to be number one. I want to win. I want to be the first one across that finish line. If you give them those opportunities, be a better driver, be safe, don't have injuries. Oddly enough, we all do it. So, make, so we talk about, make sure there's some awareness in that. And then on that journey, you become very self-aware of what you're capable of. Yeah, I love it. All right, man, well, we're going to wrap up. We ran out of time again. Again.
1: I don't know how it happens. We, get, we covered a lot, though. Honestly, we covered a lot. I mean, we really focus on results and winning and, and how to achieve that. And really, like I said, you flip that on its head. Everyone's really a winner. We, as leaders, it's our responsibility. Yeah, to really make sure that we don't screw up our team, because <laughs> <laughs> you can, we we, we can, and uh, you know, there's, you really, just never stop your education, never stop learning, um, value your team, listen to them, encourage them, and uh, you know, and overall, it just uh, they're like you said, they're they're not going to work as hard as you, but if we do a great job with them, we can change their
2: lives, always. Yeah. Change lives. I love that, man. Change lives. Change man. lives to experience and education. That's my model. That's my purpose. That's why I'm here. Change lives. Grow people. Education and That's experience it. changes everything. All right. Well, all right, guys.
1: Everyone who's listening on your favorite podcast platform, uh, leave us a, a comment. We'd love to hear from you. We use those comments to to ask Jim more questions, which he loves. He's jim.com. And uh, you know, and there it is. And if you are, uh, well, hit subscribe. If we're providing value and you like it, give us a like, we need to know. Uh, If you're looking uh, and you're watching us on YouTube on our platform, uh, don't forget to hit the little bell for notifications so you can get reminders of great content like this coming out. And again, if you you feel like we're providing great value for us, give us a like. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, we'll see you guys uh, next time with (laughs) Jim.com. See you, buddy. See you later. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care.